Welcome to the Grow Home Discussions, a podcast brought to you from growroom420.com. In the Grow Home Discussions, we discuss the many aspects around growing cannabis. We hope you enjoy this episode. Check out our other podcasts. And of course, come and say hello on the forum at growroom420.com. Right, so different types of lighting we're going to discuss today uh, for growing. Uh, there's a vast range of them. I'm sure there's going to be some rants and a lot of rabbit holes, which is good, which is why we do these discussions. So where should we start? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> man. I was going to say, is it probably worth going like chronological order? Yeah. Like start at the beginning and work our way through the plant's life cycle? Yeah, that'd be a good one. Yeah. And we'll, we'll talk about the different types that way anyway. So yeah. 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 Um, well, uh, I'm shit at early veg. So I'm going to ask some of your input to be quite fair, man. Um, yeah. Where do you like to, what kind of light do you like to start your plants under? I won't use CFL. Uh, I've had many a rant over that in the past on these podcasts, but I, I like MH. I like that um, using MH, probably too much light as well. We can't go lower than 250 and no seedling needs 250. But um, that's where I'm at basically is I will start under CFL, unless I'm in the Aeroprop, which I'm using fluorescent tubes then not them horrible round CFLs but um, I was going to say do you like the T5 units I like T5 I haven't ever used a full T5 I've got mini T5 bulbs now and I tell you they do bang out some light it made me eat my words a little bit to be honest well um, just for a little background the T5 is the girth of the bulb so a single bulb unit is still a T5 Um, it's just the the twos, the eight, uh, the twos, the fours, the eights, the twelves, they're all like um, grow lamps, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, even a single T5 strip is still like equivalent as a T5. Yeah. 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 I didn't know that. But it's, uh, they're it's bright, like you get, you get T7s um, that are usually the industrial fluorescents that you see pretty much everywhere. Yeah. With like the, um, that's mad. That's See, this is why I love these chats because I didn't know that. I've never used them, but it, I just thought they were for different um, aspects of what you'd use fluorescence for, which they are obviously, but I mean, T5s, T8s. Yeah. That's yeah. quite mad. It's all about the girth of the tube, I believe. And then most most of the different sizes come in the different colours. So you mean, is it the diameter of the actual tube itself? Yes. That's mad. So th- this is what I'm saying. So you know, when I look at them T5 units that you see on like the grow shops and online and that, they actually must be quite small then because the bulbs look quite big in them. But mm-hmm. obviously quite a small unit all round. It's one of them ones where you buy something off eBay and you've ordered like 500 grams of, I don't know, a product and it turns up and it's like, you know, it fit in the palm of your hand because you, you haven't seen the size before. That's mad. Because it's dense as fuck. Like. Yeah, yeah. But that, that, that's like my eyes a little bit. But I am in. I am. I would probably use T five for early veg, but I, I I don't need to because two hundred and fifty watt don't kill the the bank on the electric, and I've got that set up, so I use that. But yeah, I am very impressed with the mini T fives on that on the Aeroprop that come with it. Incredibly bright for wattage, shockingly bright. In fact, obviously, I don't think that's going to carry down over uh, distance, but um, it's definitely bright up close and pretty warm as well, which I was quite shocked with which might be a bad thing for some people, but they do run pretty hot, which is, for me, brilliant. 
um, with cuttings. It means I don't have to try and heat anything. So Is that hot as in it will warm an area, but not so hot that it will burn leaves if they make contact? Yeah, I don't think it would burn. I don't. I, I think it might do some damage, the one that I've got, unless I've got a 41. But um, yeah, it's. I mean, it's, it's something you can have real close to the canopy, but in the, in the aeropropagator that I've got, it's the one with the... Uh, oh, it's an aeropropagator, and it's just come with the things. But what I'm saying is, is it keeps it real nice and cosy in there. And I mean, almost too warm sometimes. Like if the aeropropagator's indoors and the heating's on, and I put my hand into the, the water, that will be a little bit warmer than what I would like it once they're rooted. But, so I mean, that, that's the extreme cloner, isn't it? The it's extreme got, cloner, yeah. So yeah. It's, it's built for, is it the Sunmaster Nanotech T5s? I believe so. I've got them here. And they've, I think they've got like the diamond reflector um, kind of built into the T5 unit. Yeah, Sunblaster, Horticultural Lighting, Nanotech T5. What's the wattage on this? That's what I wanted to look at. That's why I grabbed them. They're like 8 watt. Yeah, I think. It's fucking crazy. 5,400k. Can't see the wattage on them, but yeah, they are very low watt lights and they do the job very nice, man. No transformer needed on them either. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, and these are daisy chainable, so I could, in theory, just buy more of the unit units I've got here and daisy chain them together. But yeah, just I'm going to come with a kit anyway. So, as far as fluorescence go, I'm I will eat my words after using that unit, but um, I wouldn't use CFL for that purpose I, I cannot fathom wasting that amount of electricity for that little light but yeah so that, that's what I would start clones in or even I do put seedlings in there sometimes now just because even with the you know what I found really interesting um it's always difficult for uh, even for people who've been growing for a little while that first few days in cocoa that I grow getting the right amount of water in them pots. Now, it sounds like a silly and easy one, but if you overwater it, you stall it a little bit. If you underwater it, seedlings will dry out very quickly. I stuck them in the aeroprop on top of the grill on the top, which has got the little um, foam discs that you put cuttings in. I put the pots on top of there alongside some clones. And just the humidity inside of that, because it is obviously 100% um, when you've got the vents closed, even without the vents closed, I'd imagine it is because of the mist underneath the tray kept the pots watered enough i mean i didn't have to put no water in them for days i mean days and days and days probably a week which i thought was quite a nice tool really it meant i just in the future i know just to chuck them on top with the aero um the pump creating uh, the aeroponic system underneath and i can leave it closed i mean literally i didn't have to water it's just as cocoa absorbed the moisture in the air and there was so much of it but it was never over watered the same way that it does for the roots it was quite mad Bit of a side note there, but yeah. Wicked little tip. I've started using mine in a very similar way. I use like one litre pots um, just straight into where the reds would be. Yeah. And then if they do need watering, which like you say, it's not needed for like a week or two sometimes Yeah. where I'm using soil, um, I'll just put like two centimetres of water in the bottom. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they all, yeah, suck it up pretty evenly. That's it, yeah. They're, 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 honestly, uh, this is obviously we, we should do it. I'll figure on cloning and make a note of that one as well. But the, the point is, is that to me was the best buy, I think, out of any kit that I've ever bought for growing, as in it does what it says on the tin, does it well, and has so many other uses. Uses they're not cheap to buy them, you can make them, but that was by far the best bit. My, my best purchase that I've been the happiest with of anything I've bought for growing that does exactly what it should without any tinkering. You can plug that in, especially with the lights on top, and away it goes, man. You leave that there for a week, change the water, leave that there for a week, change the water, 
And, you know, it, I get 100% success rate on that as well, um, on clones, 100% every time, even in, even in heavy, heavy flour, 100% success rate. So it's a brilliant bit of kit. Fair, man. So, sorry, we've cut, well, I pushed you off a little rabbit hole. off, yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, man, I've... I've been vegging with quite a few different lights for a while. I've never used metal halide to veg, but I've tried with CMH for kind of the later stages of veg. And yeah, I've not used a T5, but it's definitely the most healthy, vigorous growth I've ever seen from young plants under is under those kind of lighting. Well, I've seen, as I said, one forum, so we know we can see that the, the, the fruits of people's labor and yeah, I've seen some amazing stuff done under T5. So that's definitely one that will probably end up in my space at some point. Um, well, I think we've also kind of taken the time to say that CFLs, when they, they had their place, when grow gear was a lot more difficult to get hold of. Yeah. But now even a bulb LED take off the, bubble dome thing and you've got a more efficient light yeah definitely it, it's it it doesn't make sense the wattages they run at to use them anymore and i know people are gonna get pissed off with me saying that but it doesn't make sense they go down to what i mean realistically the one the minimum that you're going to buy a cfl for a grow light is 125 watt now when you actually put that against a 100 watt led the, 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 there's just no comparison whatsoever and there's no and the heat issue that some people would say there's no argument there either yeah even the 30 watt screw in cfls because i gotta admit that's mm. kind of what i started with in a yeah. pc box yeah 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 just like um, the normal like, like housing one house yeah. yeah uh you'll still get better light and usually happier plants under a like a 10 watt house led bulb yeah is kind of what i've seen more recently so i'm a big fan of strip like t5s yeah but compact cfls just they don't seem to put the light out in the right direction for the amount of watts you're putting through them they don't if they would make if they made one but this other thing they break so easy as well and i broke so many of them in my early years but if they could make one that was maybe a flat sort of i don't know like you know the top of an oven the grill shape you, you can get them you can get like i think they're 45 watt and they're made for um, like emergency lighting. Yeah, yeah. So it's like a square oh, shape. Yeah, I know. It, it looks like an ohm sign, if you know ohm. Yeah, yeah. Um, but again, it's, it's for not, it's not power uh, going in. I don't think you're getting efficient amount of light out. You know, as growers, if you're looking at elite CFL grow lights, you're going to go from one two five to two fifty to three hundred watt. That's an insane amount of what you should be putting through a light that's, you know, and you have to have them real close and it, it, it's, there's no penetration on them. It's, I've been very vocal in my dislike for them, but I mean, it's valid. It's, it's not just a pet hate. It's, I don't see a place for them anymore. And I've seen some beautiful plants grown with them, but I would like the per people that grow them beautiful plants to go and get the equivalent LED and stick it over the top and see the difference because there will be an insane difference. Well, you did kind of mention when you were talking about what colour your um, T5s are, yeah. but we haven't really spoken about why we're choosing these lights for yeah. early veg. Um, again, I, I suppose I've brought it up, so I'm kind of looking for a lot bluer colour 
So anything from, like, (laughs) to be honest, anything from about 3,500 all the way up to uh, 6,500k is blue. Like, super blue when you're talking about Kelvins. Um, I think you mentioned yours are 5,400. These are 5.4s, yeah. I think the Sunblaster. Yeah, yeah, which is a really healthy blue light to be. It is, and it is blue, blue as well. It, it's very blue, I mean, to the eye. So, so we're doing these, obviously, we're building up to the more in depth discussions, but why do we want blue light? I will say at this point that I think it is kind of the right tool for the grower as well as the plant. So, because blue light's kind of inefficient, but the plant wants it at this stage. It also allows us to choose fairly big numbers, but we're not actually producing enough light to give detriment, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like your... Uh, for uh, yeah, 250 metal halide. It's 250 watts going in, but if that was 250 watts going into an LED panel, you'd be getting oh, like yeah. three times the amount of light out, yeah. which would be a detrimental level of light. So the units or the types of bulbs that we're talking about kind of have a secondary bonus that you can choose big numbers, but because they're inefficient, you the plants still love it it's never overwhelming them no that's a really good point when you said that obviously you know that i'm a big fanboy of a uh, uh, mh but when you said that it made more sense to me than i realized because they are healthier and seem happier it's just because they're not getting blasted at 400 watt because i've got them on i mean by the time i'm in week three veg i'm on 400 watt because by that point i've already potted them up um, I mean, I'm using clones, so I, I, 90% of the time, so I know what the plant's going to be, so I'm, I'm putting them up as soon as possible, basically. But by then, I'm covering a large area with large pots, so the 400 watt is needed, even though it's not what you would put over four three-week-old plants. But if that was a 400 watt LED, now, realistically, if we talk about the ISH 530, which is 480, but, I mean, if you dim that down a bit, that would fry them plants at that age if it would it's just too much light. So, yeah, you're 100% right. Thanks. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's been a, a, a theory that's been evolving, should we say. Yeah, yeah. And it's just through seeing people's application of certain lights that sometimes, yeah, we we go for the big numbers because it obviously like bigger is better in the human mind. Yeah, yeah. But I think we're also really talking about matching the amount of light for the stage of your plant at this stage. Yeah, no, I think I think you're spot on. I do, I do think you're spot on with that. Um, but then, I, like you say, it's quite quick that they get past that um, the seedling stage where they're not really. Don't get me wrong; they're using light as a factor to term to determine how stretchy they are and stuff. Yeah. But majority of their energy is coming from what was already available in the seed. Yeah, I mean, you're talking now probably uh, day five to day eight, maybe, I think. Now, as in, you could probably get away with, well, I am getting away with in that thing, like eight watt of light or 16 watt of light. Um, and it does the job. So yeah. you see them putting out real leaves and actually starting yeah. to photosynthesize rather than just grow with their seed leaves up. 
yeah, that, that's when obviously you want to get some light over them. But even then, that I, I'd be quite happy to leave that light over them for another week. Um, maybe two weeks, you know. Well, that's, that's the thing. We spoke about this in the mother one. So obviously the other factor to this is, is the right light and the right amount of light will get you faster growth, more vigorous growth. So there's that point. So if I was to leave it, that's the point with the CFL. So if, if I was to leave it under CFL, it's going to be a slower plant. It's going to be you know not as vigorous. It's not going to be as strong a plant through weeks two, three, and four as it is under say metal halide through weeks two, three, and four, or LED under two, three, and four, or CMH under two, three, and four. That's what I'm getting at there. So you do need to look at the, the turning point as to the point is if, it's, if it's not getting the right light and the right amount of light, then it's not going to be growing them first set of leaves to use the light. I think you, when you said about um, plants, smaller leaves um, in, uh, I can't remember what it was, smaller leaves, they're getting enough light, if that makes sense. Was that it? Yeah, I think that was yeah. kind of what, what it was. That I've with LED, I tend to see leaves not get to such incredible sizes that yeah. the plant's trying to absorb every bit of light. It seems like it's kind of content once it gets to a certain size. Like that's as big as I need to be, and I'm hitting all the numbers. Yeah. So but you, you need to, this is the difference with that is, is in very early uh, life, you do need to get it to the point where it needs to start forming and then determine. That's where I'm getting with it is, is with, if you haven't got enough light early on, plant can look healthy and do well, but it's just slower than a, than a plant would be under the right amount of light or the right the right type of light. That's why yeah. I, with it, I think so. Yeah, no, I get that. So we're kind of saying if, um, if you are, too far away for intensity purposes you're usually seeing stretch and a top heavy plant because it's developing them like larger leaves to try and absorb enough energy should we yeah. say yeah and that's when you might get yeah the the stretching out the bending over and sometimes what even looks like dampening off when the yeah. the top will get too heavy and you'll just get a full bend in the stem um I'd say probably most of the time we reduce that by reducing the distance between the light, yeah. not necessarily in, uh, increasing the amount of light, just increasing the intensity of it by having it closer. Yeah. No, I agree with that. that, that that's, that's vital here. Is just, um, That's why I get away with using higher watches. Again, if I stuck 250 watt MH over seedlings as close as them um, T5s are, I mean, they'd be dead. So... That, that, that's the point is, is yeah you, you, controlling it with height is more important again we said this in the um how much light discussion but it's you have to work with the numbers that we have i know obviously we can do a lot of diy in that but if we're looking at a grower going onto ebay or going into a hydro shop they're met with certain wattages and certain types of lights so you've got to work with what you've got and that's exactly what i do so i will once they've thrown out if i start seeds they're straight under the mh um, in there under 250 watt. But the minute they have got that first set of leaves, the first true set of leaves, and, and the next nose starts growing up, then I start dropping the light down a little bit each day until I'm happy. And it's really hard to try and give the exact rule of thumb there because it, you have to... It's more reading the plant, but... Yeah, I think, again, with the T5-ish units, you get them to the point that they're so close that you're starting to lose spread due to the, the canopy itself. Yeah. 
which is probably the plant's cue that you need to kind of think about a light that is a is able to go higher and provide more intensity from a, a better distance. This is what I said about using the 400 too exactly. early. But I'm doing it to get the coverage more than use the watts. No, but then we, we say too early. I'm to- kind of talking for efficiency of light here as yeah, well. Yeah. So if you've only got one one lamp to use, you're still using it correctly by adjusting the distance in that yeah, way. Yeah. Um, I was just kind of thinking, once we get past the seedling stage, you do really need to kind of provide a lot more light, at, kind of suddenly, to be fair. Yeah. Um, and maybe in your situation, once they've, I, I don't want to say bolted, but filled the space, like you say, all you can, all you need to do is drop that light down for the intensity, where I've more got to think about potentially changing units. Yeah, yeah. This is it. Yes, yeah, so if you're starting off with, like, say, like you said, the uh, house LEDs, and you will need to change up. If you're in a higher power light, then it's about more controlling height. So, yeah, that's that's a good point on that, I think. I think it's just the two different paths. Uh, well, not the two different paths, but a couple of paths that you could take with lighting from early on. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's... I'm wasting electric. But then again, this is the thing. I'm also growing in the 1.2, 1.2 area uh, in veg. So with you, you're in a smaller area. You're in a cupboard. So CFL or uh, CFL, fluorescent tubes or um, household LEDs or lower wattage LEDs work. You know, you're working to your area at the same time. So or I can use a corner of my tent, but no one ever does that. You know what I mean? You end up using up the space that you've got. Yeah, if I had a small, small tent, if I had a 60 by 60, I wouldn't really want a 400 watt MH in that. So, Just because you brought it up, I'm not 100% sure using a corner is as efficient as using a smaller tent, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Because it's just because you're missing them two sides. Exactly, and yeah. They do make up, uh, they do save a lot of wastage. If you're using the right, if you're in a small enough area with the right light, or if you're using a powerful enough light in a big area, you're effectively using your tent as an extension of your shade or a reflector. So yeah, you're spot on. I mean, that's something I don't think I, I think about enough, but it's true. If I, I've got a little setup next to me now. It's not. This is just something to do pictures in for the forum. But it's got the BR100 in it, and it's a 60 by 60. So if I, that's 75 watt of light, but I turn that out full blast. I mean, I'm trying to get the pictures sometimes. The light is bouncing off. I can see by the angles I'm trying to get, right, seedlings and stuff, that, you know, it is effectively a reflector, which it is. We know that. It's made of mylar, but you look at it as a tent. You can look at it as an extension of your light in, in that respect and using the area, so. Yeah, it yeah. just goes into into consideration. Yeah. Should we say, when you're, thinking about what space you're using for veg and what space you're using for flower if light efficiency is something that you're kind of considering as well yeah um but like you say that 60 by 60 space for well um i've started to use a bit of a larger open area now which i'm i'm losing splash light with because i don't have them walls yeah um so yeah it's kind of like i'm using more power than i think i'd need to if i had that but it's also a bit of becoming a bit of a, a humidity issue so i can't get humidity high enough for 
veg because of because the space is so large. Yeah. Which um, that probably humidity is real close for how much light they can actually use. So having the environment is kind of part and parcel almost because you're yeah. not going to get the full efficiency of the plant if it's struggling with its environment. Exactly, yeah. And I think the environment is easier to control in larger spaces, but that, that that's, again, subjective because you can it's just more, be in a shit buffer, area. But, yeah. yeah, it can be more difficult to get the area swayed. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, you're spot on there. You know, as, as I have to spend a lot of money to get my area in because it's a big area, so no, you're right. It, yeah, again, it's just one of them things to kind of consider when you're going through lights and areas for your stage of growth, I think. This is this the VBD stuff is where that's going. Is is it's it's, it's a quite a new understanding. It's not. It's always been there, but more people are paying more attention to it, which is good because it's just we've got the numbers now, man. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, I think ninety percent of old heads see and understand it with the plant growth. Yeah, that's that's what I I'm putting it down to when you see certain people, um, not use the terms but yeah, still smash the shit out of it because they're, they're, they're just able to read the plants now whereas if they started growing today it would be a lot different if they haven't been growing 15 20 years so you know that that's yeah it's it's experience that they've gained which is what it is and they don't need to know anything else because i mean certain people were not going to be getting any more if they did know more because they've, they've known that environment for a long time more and they use it appropriately well. yeah like that's something that we're talking about and i think it it kind of rings very true that um, having the right amount of plant mass for the area can kind of create the right environment. Yeah. And yeah, managing that and being aware of what was perfect conditions with the perfect number of plants or perfect size canopy. It's not really light based, but it kind of comes into tail when you're talking environment and being able to use the right amount of light. Yeah. So yeah, two plants right in the middle of a 1.2 by 1.2 when they're in two litre pots and only got four leaves. I think it's going to be a massive struggle with environment, which makes it a bigger struggle with the plant to be able to use the light. And if you're trying to control that environment, you're wasting a lot of energy or expense trying to when you could be doing it in a 60 by 60. So yeah. It's a long way to get around it, but we it, it's still about light. We made it there. Yeah, that's it, yeah. That's what I like. We always end up on rabbit holes. But as we've done the CFLs, they're not going to be in our grooms. Um, we've early early seed life. We've got, uh, T5, I think we both probably say would be the most efficient way, even though I haven't used it properly. But I would say it's probably the most efficient and happiest lighting for your plant or keep your plants happiest. Um, I then move into MH. You then move into LED, I believe, yeah. Yeah, I'm LED the the entire process. Yeah. Um, it's only really the um, yeah the the watts per area that changes. If that yeah. makes any sense. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of running about ten watts per square foot. Um, which yeah, that sounds fucking tiny. How <laughs> I said it out loud, but when once it gets up into late veg or middle of veg then it's closer to kind of like 22 watts per square foot which is double the amount of light yeah like, um 
still uh, I'm still using the same kind of color spectrum because I'm all white LEDs and like the 3500 range but um yeah still marginal the amount of power that I'm actually using to be honest it's nice it's efficient but what should, what should be said is also you do know them spaces now as well so you know what you're going to get from them as well which is part of it mm. Is knowing 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 your spaces as you've grown them, and you've made we've done is you make you make as growers we make spaces work for us, and that's what you get used. To. That's what was going back to the old school growers. They've made their spaces work for so long they don't need to know VPD numbers, and that's why some people just no, oh, just do it this way. But it works. So yeah, so, man. So I'm talking basically about two hundred. Well, between 150 and 200 watts for a 1.2 area. Yeah. Which, yeah, I think that's kind of similar path, that even if you're talking HID light, really. Well, lower yeah. end. 250-ish, if you were going to be vegging in that area. 400, maybe. Yeah, I'll go 400 in that area, in a 1.2, 1.2. For the spread, though, it must mm -hmm. be said, not necessarily for the wattage. Whereas I believe with LED, you can probably get that a bit better now with your new strip-type lights. But I'm trying to think... Would or have you ever used a CMH for vegging in that area? I've never used CMH. I've never used it. I've I've known people that have, um, and they swear by them now for the full light cycle. And I, I do get it. For me, they're just an expensive unit. Um, I'll say I really like using them for late veg. It seems to make a very robust, strong, structured plant. Yeah. The, That's what I get from MH. It's the same type structure. Yeah. It's, it's the same. It's probably it's more in the blue spectrum. And obviously that will equate to tighter plants. Um, will be the right word for it. Um, like stockier noded? No. Yeah, stockier noded, bushier plants is what you will get from MH. I mean, we've spoke about this again. This is why we're doing this in order. Is, is We spoke about how that can be detrimental to some things like auto flowers early on. But... I think, yeah, I am yet to see. But then I scrog. So this is what I'm saying. If I wanted to go for a real natural structured plant, then it probably isn't the best lighting source for me. But when I scrog or heavily train, it gives me that, you know, every four inches of stem, I've got four nodes. That's what I get underneath it. So it really gives me that platform to spring out of into flower. Um, but not everyone wants that. But yeah, um, MH CMH is, is, is I know they're not the same. I know CMH is a lot more, uh, a lot better spectrum. But I think this definitely equates to the more blue within the spectrum. There doing that for the plant. Yeah, I can only agree. Um, I just mentioned CMH because it's one that I'm using, but I think it has better applications. Yeah, it's it's, it's you know what it was one of them ones when they started singing and shouting about it when it came out. They were making claims that just it. It, it couldn't ring true and that's sort of where i ended up with it in my head um it just they couldn't ring true it, it was never going to be what uh what they were saying was 315 what um well this is not on paper scientifically but the people were saying it will cover a 1.2 1.2 and then therefore it's better than a 600 watt hps and therefore is no what for what i, I can't see anything um like that being cooler than a, a red hps for, for, uh, for example even a, H, uh, a, a dual spec but what for what i think it would smash hps to pieces but there's no way on god's earth that the 315 watt is going to kick a 600 watts off. it's not going to happen we know that from 
um, it's with with lighting. It's almost what for what LEDs now taking some of that away. But that's the way it's been for a long time. I just didn't like the way the thing were marketed when they first come out. And then I started looking at them and thinking, well, that cost me 300 quid and I can go and get my Lumi Black Ballast for 60 or a kit for 70 quid and put an MH in it, you know? That, that That's what put me off of them, the way they were marketed at first. Yeah, it. I mean, all light manufacturers have a very silver tongue when it comes to describing the statistics of them, their units. Um, all light manufacturers like um, CMH when they're making these claims about it running cooler it, it runs cooler for the amount of BTUs that you're getting out for the amount of watts that's put in so it's more efficient at creating light instead of yeah. heat Yeah. so it is true but it's kind of it's uh, the issue comes when, like we've said earlier on, that we've only got set numbers in a grow store to work to. Exactly, yeah. So, um, a three fifteen, I think, would be more comparable to like five twenty, but the grower then has to kind of round up to six hundred to say what's equivalent. That, that's, that's exactly so now on the head. That's now on the head. Exactly where I was going with it. So that was the problem. They were having to sort of market it against a 600 watt, and there's no way it was going to compete with a 600 watt, not a 350. It's just not going to happen. I'm probably going to have someone out there who's going to listen to this and say different, but I can tell yeah. you, if I put a 315 watt over my replace my parabolic shade, it's, it's not going to happen. It's just not, not over a 1.2, 1.2 area. Again, we have to work it over a one meter area, maybe. You know, it will probably do that very nicely, but we have to work with the areas we're given. And obviously you can buy a one meter tent, but you wouldn't put a 600 in a one meter tent. Some people would, but I wouldn't. I'd have 400 watts. So now we're talking much closer numbers. Yeah. Again, light manufacturers have um, a, a bit of an artistic license when it comes to how they put their information out as well. Yeah. So if you're talking about a HID light, having a, 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 part, a canopy part of 10,000 for one meter square, Yeah. that sounds... Fucking perfect. Uh, sorry, one thousand par, not ten. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. That sounds pretty much perfect to any grower who's looking at them statistics. Yeah, but then they won't publish a par map which shows you that it's got a hot spot of like three squares. Uh, sorry, like nine nine squares central that are well over fucking fifteen hundred par. Yeah. And then it won't show you the very fucking edge squares that are dipping down below fucking 300. They're often giving you an average. Well, that's so, exactly what they've given you yeah. when they're talking about that. But they're able to use their their own kind of artistic license and information and not and hold back the negative. Yeah. So that you, you don't have the, the full information to make the decision. That's always been the problem with HID or even the old LED lights. It was just a lot of power in a, in a very small area and it, it didn't equate to the outside. Well, I use a parabolic shade for HID. Um, it's a very nice spread, but yeah, well, that's kind of where I was going with this. Um, all of these lights are still, um, they're still governed by inverse square law. So the further the light, ha like every time you double the distance, the light has to travel you half the amount of light that makes it. 
So I was just clicking away there. I was going to uh, say, are you getting that up on Wiki or something? No, no, no. I was just uh, the radio. I clicked the radio. I the, thought uh, you were checking my info. No, no, no. <laughs> I believe your info, mate. Don't worry. But that, yeah, that's for HID and LED. So it's, it, yeah, double the distance, half the amount of light that lands per square centimeter. Yeah. Because it, it, it spreads out, basically. Um, the way LED gets away with it is when it spreads out, it overlaps with other diodes. Mm. So a single diode's output is enhanced by every other one around it. Yeah, yeah. For when you're getting further and further away. So you see the commercial growers. I mean, they, they we're, as hobby growers, we're trying to get our lights pretty close. I mean, probably because we've had to grow in reduced um, headspaces in tents and cupboards and wardrobes and that, but... I mean, you see these are legal ops, the big legal commercial grows, and they, these LEDs are much higher up. And that's what like a lot of the California Lightworks lights and that were really designed for. So when you're trying to put something like that, it's a very small, um, I don't know, maybe 30 by 30 centimetre. Uh, I'm not saying that brand, I'm saying now about these type of lights, 30 by 30 centimetre area, it's banging out like a thousand watt of LED. That's a spotlight, man. So you need that four metres above the canopy, as they do in, in these big commercial grow ops. So... But for us, it's a little bit different um, in our, the way that we grow and have had to grow. But um, yeah, that's, that's to do, that, that is a big difference, really, is the way that obviously lights are going to be targeted towards commercial now, because that's where the money's going to be for lighting companies. And how's that going to affect us moving forward? That'll be interesting. It's always, all, it's always worth remembering that before these units were horticultural lights, they were sold as high bay lighting. Yeah which means that they light areas incredibly well by being up on very high ceilings and spread out regularly yeah. to provide perfect coverage. They're high bay lighting. Like, that term means a lot. Yeah, no, it does. And I mean, if you look at the HID lighting, I mean, that's why you're using lampposts and shit like that, because that's what they're good at. So we're trying to manipulate them into our spaces. But yeah, I mean, it, 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 just going on that one from down what you said is a lot of the lights are would probably be better suited, especially the real high power, high end LEDs or even the double ended um, HID lights. You know, we can get onto them in a minute, but they need the height. I mean, I remember uh, an old grower who done um, a par test and it was like 2000, uh, the reading directly underneath a double ended gather at like, uh, I don't know, four foot. But then when you went out, like you said, that's how they got their 1,000 re reading. It dropped off dramatically down to like 600 over the 1.2 area. So that is the average reading that you're getting. But they're entitled to do that. They're trying to sell you a light. It's just, that's why research, research, research is very important. When buying anything, especially something as expensive as a high-end grow light. Yeah, man. At the end of the day, I don't put the courses I've failed on my CV. Yeah. So that's how you've got to read all the statistics. Yeah. What information has been left out? Yeah. And that's why it's good to go and see real growers using real lights. And then you get a real, um, you get the right idea of it. So, but yeah. So we're going back into a wattages one, uh, how much light? Mm. <laughs> It's gonna, it, yeah, yeah, it's gonna overlap because we're talking about the different types of light here now. Yeah. I think, um, but again, I think we've pretty much covered up until veg yes. for the most part. We're still talking majority blue light. I mean, 
the white LEDs have a good amount of blue light anyway, if that's the kind of structure you're looking to build. Um, so white LEDs are a good all-round light, aren't they? They really are. Um, yeah. So, obviously, depending on those different spectrums, you can go up to, like, um, the real blue-blue ranges. But, I mean, what, 3,500, you said? That's a real all-round um, grow light, I believe. Am I getting that wrong? No, that's my favourite colour range. I'll, yeah. I'll be completely honest. Um, I don't think you can go wrong with 3,500K. That's it. And you can get supplemental lighting now from anywhere. So you can change things a little bit for what, what thing you're in. But yeah, so for, for veg, early seedling, you don't want to be using too much light. You just want to keep them from falling over, stretching and snapping off, which I've had happen to me recently. Um, what else? That wasn't underneath that either before. Anyone's listening thinking I'm not using T5s. That was one that I stuck in a corner of a tent um, underneath the canopy. So it was always going to happen. But so we've done that. We've done uh, MH, CMH, which uh, CMH is an all-round light, the same as the white LED, but MH is really a veg light um, on its own. And if you had to use any light? Well, actually, I will throw in that I've done some vegging with dual spec HI, uh, dual spec yeah, HPS. Yeah, you have to mention that, yeah. yeah. And kind of when you, you talk about how stacked the metal halide leaves your um, yeah. canopy. I'm not necessarily after that. I kind of like my nodes to be spaced maybe two inches apart when I'm in veg. I'm not talking about my bud sets. I'm talking about like branching nodes. Yeah. I actually, I want a reasonable amount of distance between them because I want each bud eventually to breathe. Um, and I found with dual spec that I had very regular node spaces where I'd light them about, I'd say between two, two and a half, but that could have been easily manipulated with light height. Yeah. Um, That's the thing. We've said that before. We've got to do the training uh, conversation actually, but we spoke about that. You can train plants with light almost. So it plays into what we're saying here. So, but that was really vigorous. Um, good amount of heat as well because i'm in a loft and i always struggle with keeping temperatures um it it worked really well for how i was using it to be to be all like yeah i i'm not necessarily a hps fanboy but as a veg light dual spec smashed it like it it did exactly what i expected it to i think you've got to give dual spec you know it's, it is i think the standard of what you should measure other lights by because it's what we know. But dual spec is definitely the most all-round light. I mean, no, I'm not saying it's over LED. I'm saying for the last 20 years, dual spec is has done the job for both veg and flower. If you need one light that will do everything, obviously there's now LED. But I'm saying for the last 20 years, dual spec is where it's been at really, and that's what everyone seems to measure other lights against, what for what, and you know, yield for yield, and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Oh yeah, man. It's just worth, I mean, as an LED fanboy, I feel like I got to concede points when they're better at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, and I know Spartan mentioned that he'd sooner um, provide the right environment and keep the same type of lighting. But I just find that I can, my environment is potent, uh, 
potentially more suited to that type of light when I'm using it for that type of application. Yeah. And it's an intense light as well. I mean, it's been, if we're talking about going into mid to late veg, you know, you do need a penetrating light. Uh, that's, where, that's where something like a T5, in my opinion, is going to start to lose its edge. If you're going to talk about using one light alone for veg, then with the HID light and obviously all of the HID light, and they're very intense, powerful lights for the wattages they are. They will yeah. push light through canopy. So, yeah, I, I, I can't believe we didn't mention dual spec. But, yeah, if I had to choose one light alone to veg with, because we're going to finish up the veg now, on um, experience, not on necessarily what would be better, I would probably go, if I had to have one light alone, I would go with metal halide or dual spec. Metal halide edging it because of my experience, but I think LED would probably do a better job. Especially now you can you can dim them anyway, but you know what I mean. If I had yep. to choose the one light for experience, it would be metal halide in veg. What about yourself? I'd say if I was in the ramp up trying to get my first harvest done, I'd be looking at dual spectrum uh, HPS as well. If I was uh, looking to be efficiently running perpetually, then that's where I think LED kind of comes into its own, where you're not necessarily getting the vigorous pace if your environment's bang on, but you can kind of you can make up for that with uh, rolling perpetually slightly differently, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, just kind of two plants rather than four plants yeah. so that you can yeah, ha have a, a a quicker, slower rotation, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More more plants going slower, but to be more available. I'm not sure what I'm trying to get at. No, I know exactly what you mean. It's just, it's difficult, though, trying to pick one of them. In the ideal world, you have all of the above, plus some plasma with the sun in the corner of the tent as well. But if I had to pick one, then it would, I'd probably go dual spec with you. I probably would. It, it does cross the boundary. I know if I try and put metal halide over a real stocky plant anyway, then I have to start getting that light higher and higher to get the growth out of it. So I think dual spec is, is a, a real safe bet and a cheap bet as well. Again, must as personal growers and hobby growers, we have to mention the fact that these things cost a lot of money. If I'm vegging yeah. in a 1.2 or 1.2 area, I need to spend five, six hundred pounds on LED in the end to do it. No, I don't. That's completely wrong. Um, no, but that's, that's why about... I mentioned the ramp up stage yeah. because when you're buying um your smoke and medication then the outlay on equipment does kind of matter but once you get past your fir fast first harvest yeah. there's an offset from wow i've saved x amount for x amount of ounces i can reinvest that in my setup this is just the amount of kit is what you said the ramp up we've all probably got a couple of cfl bulbs we've all probably got a lot of old hps dual spec uh, full HPS, uh, MH bulbs and shit laying around. That's exactly what you're saying, the ramp up. The ramp up for us is it has been over years and that's how you accumulate kit. It's taken me a very long time to get into LED. Very long time um, for that reason because it's not cheap to cover the area that I grow in. So, yeah. No, you're spot on. And it's cheap. HPS is cheap. Or HID, no. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, it, it's cheap to, to buy the kit initially. And it's probably going to come into our next discussion a bit more when we come into nutrients and stuff, because mm. we're kind of in that area. When we're talking about adjusting these light um, intensities up the whole way through veg, we're 
probably um, adjusting feed as well. Yeah. So that the plants got enough nutrition to be able to utilize the amount of light. So it's like part and parcel with the whole thing. And I think um, the later stages of edge, you're probably, uh, I think we're probably both agreed now that we kind of do an inclined build up to flip point. So be it with nutrition or with light, we're kind of getting them ready for the most intense part of their life. Yeah, it's very, it's the same if we've ended up covering a few times, but rightly so, because it comes into play of every aspect of what we're doing. So for me, I will, I change the day I flip, but I am loading up essentially because I'm using, you know, 400 watt over my vegging plants in that area, 1.2, 1.2 or 4 by 4 foot area, which some people would say would be too much. Some people would say would be too little, but I'm doing the same thing with feed. So, but I am effectively loading them up for that stage, for that transition, to have them ready. And that, that's of light as well. By that point, I'm also probably got my lights as close as I can get them now. So they're really starting to get everything they can out of that light um, through that period. Again, loading them up with energy and food and everything ready to go, boom, and hit that button. Kind of uh, almost bringing them to as close to the intensity that they're going to be receiving from the new light. Yeah, because day one of 12-12, I go to 600. Literally, the day that I change, everything changes over. But the light's going to be a lot further away and stuff. And um, the light goes back up then, yeah, to probably two and a half foot, if I've got that much room. So at the end of the day, man, you are probably ramping up the um, the intensity by bringing it down or letting them grow into it. It's probably and then, getting the same amount of light, isn't it, as well? That's it. When you make yeah. the switch and you put it back up to the top, that intensity for the plants at canopy level is probably very similar. Yeah. And then again, they've got that transition period, which you've tried to reduce the stress and they just fill themselves into that light space. Yeah. So yeah, I, I do think you're doing it, but subconsciously, man, it's one of them <laughs> like um, actions that we've always taken, but haven't necessarily articulated why. Yeah. This is, this is goes back into the old school growers. They're already doing 90% of what, I don't want to say new school growers, of, I don't know, um, people using a lot more of the modern terms and terminologies and aspects of growing. They're doing it anyway. They just don't see it because they're doing it subconsciously. Mm -hmm. they, they know that the plants are happy as anything without using VPD because the VPD is probably spot on because over the 10 years they've been in that space, they've worked out where the plant's happiest. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I completely agree, man. Um, VPD is tools to learn. I mean, all of these metrics or figures, units of measure, they're tools for us to learn the language that the yeah. plant is talking. And if you've been doing it 20 years, you've probably already got a very good understanding. Yeah, um, exactly. It's about knowing the terminology. Well, at the end of the day, that terminology is only valid while you're learning what the plant's saying. Yeah. I mean, yeah, once, yeah, yeah, yeah. once you're at the point that you can see that, um, I don't know, let, let's say that you get instant droop as soon as you feed. You you kind of like, okay, I I know that the plant's fucking not happy at the temperature that I'm feeding the root zone. Yeah. That's, you don't, you don't need facts and figures to tell you that, but in the, for the first three times it happened, I would have kind of noted what the variance was. 
But now it's like I know what the variance was. I just need the plant's reaction to tell me. Mm. So I think that's what a lot of these old heads, as I like to call them, because they seem to not hate that term. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that seems to be it. Like they they know the plant's language without the figures and the yeah. metrics to go. Well, it was seventeen. Uh, uh, yeah, it was fucking seven degrees C when you watered in the root zone. It's like that plant's miserable. Warm up the water. Mm. It kind of step. It jumps three steps almost. Yeah. So I remember my first RDWC very, very foul dramatically, but that grower that taught me was just like, just put your hand in the bucket. But this is what I'm saying about new growers and people that know what they're talking, experiencing what they're doing. He was like, just put your hand in, in the bucket to see how uh, about the temperature. I said, what temperature? He said, you know, I think it was 18 degrees. And I said, I, I haven't got anything to measure it. Really. Just put your hand in there. It feels colourful. How do I know if it feels too cold? But it's just that's just his way of translating the data. You know what I mean? Because he's been doing it so long. So, 100% man yeah so it's also um don't i don't know how to word this but i feel like it's on the onus of the new grower to understand what's being articulated by the old head yeah and they smash the shit out of it man like we have a lot of people that we've seen through forum careers do incredibly well doing everything that we say not to do yeah that's the uh, frustrating bit when you're trying to do right up or sort of talk about things because someone out there you know is smashing what you're saying to pieces but yeah it's because they're they're talking uh the language with their plants and not the figures in in yeah. our environments i can't remember how we got here but yeah bringing feed up towards the end of uh i say bring yeah bringing feed up towards the end of veg when you're intending to go into flour is yeah. something that I'm I'm kind of taking on a lot more. You're preparing them for probably the most stressful time of of their life cycle. I mean, you really look at a plant and you look at the change that plant goes through. You can just say it's just a plant, but look at what happens to that plant in that two three week period. It's absolute madness. Still, still amazes me. I'm still in awe sometimes when I see it happening. It's my favourite time. But you need to be loading them up because they are going through the biggest change that they're going to. They're turning from one plant into another, essentially. It's a complete transition. So, yeah. And it's the same with light. You need to be given the right amount of light at that time. Yeah, man. Um, I think we're kind of agreed to this. Like, um, kind of... Mm, shit, what's the word? Flatten the, uh, flat, flatten the curve, almost. Like, yeah. you don't want a massive peak of shit everything's going different for the plant yeah that is high stress times that we're trying to kind of minimize just, already yeah you're trying to minimize the amount of stress for a high stressful period that's a real good way of putting it and by making sure it's got what it needs available in every aspect of of what it needs available it's going to be a little bit less stressful while it's going through hell when it yeah, says but... transforming into something else when I mean, you as i say i'm not going to go on the hippie one but that's it's quite a mad transition that plant goes through I don't know, a lot of plants do, but I mean, a fruiting plant almost stays the same, just produces fruit. I know this plant is, but everything changes. Mm -hmm. You know, the structure, the, the way that it grows, the way that it's been growing for the last six, eight weeks, everything. It's mental, man. Hell yeah. So, we've pretty much covered veg up until flip, should we say? Or yeah. we're at the point of flipping now, really? Yeah. 
So this is when you would be wanting to transition from all blue to red light. Um, when using HID anyway, for going down the route that I've been taking and using dedicated blue lights for veg. So if, if, if I'm using uh, MH, I now want to be going to dual spec or even further into the spectrum of uh, full HPS, but not through stretch. You will still want some blue in there, or I would anyway. I don't really use full HPS, which is far more red than the dual spec or the other end of the spectrum. But through veg, I do want to try and have um, some blue in there still, or light intensity um, available to me to control the stretch would be another way of putting it, which you can do with LED quite well, but that's blue and red anyway, so. So are you going full power from 12-12? Yeah, day one, 12-12, I'm from 400 to 600, or now I'm using the LED. I haven't yet vegged properly under LED, but I would just be lowering the light or turning it up to full whack if I had it dimmed. So I'll be, with LED, I'd probably be at full whack by now, but the light real high up on the ceiling with the LED setup that I've got anyway. And I'd now be looking to increase the intensity of light moving into flower. With HID, I'd be flipping from 400 watt to day one, 600 watt of dual spec HPS, not MH anymore. Right on, right on. So um, what would you be doing? Yeah, I think pretty similar uh, in most respects, to be fair. Uh, just kind of, I think it's... <laughs> Most of the way been a fairly natural progression mm. to full fuller power. Um, I'm usually probably up to about uh, say 250 ish in a 1.2 by 1.2, and maybe um, usually at this point I'll kind of turn off, well, turn on a second unit but dim them both to half. So it's kind of like increase the coverage with the amount of canopy. Um, like you say, it's about the same amount of power it would have been at a single unit. Um, but I, I would probably, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not a hundred percent sure if I go full power until the end of stretch or not, basically. Um, some strains, yeah, seem to want to bolt if I give them too much light and some strains seem to want to bolt if I don't give them enough. Yeah, so it does seem very independent. Yeah. Yeah. Real. I, I kind of noticed that while I was saying it, that yeah, some really behave very differently depending on how much light I give them. And it's mad as well that you get strains that will be compact the whole way through flower and will just react completely differently. As soon as you change the light, so you'll have a, a strain that no matter what you do, you can't get the thing to move. And then you flip them lights to twelve twelve, give them that bit of dark, and they are different animal. Yeah, it's mad. You see, with me, I train real low, and I want them to go in flower. I like to give them four foot if they want it, which probably isn't the most productive way to grow, but it's just the way I've ended up, and I quite enjoy it. But I'm not trying to keep them in check unless I'm in trouble height wise. But what I'm getting at is, for me, the way that I do it is sort of a, a scrub but not i want to see the structure of the plant but i want as many heads while i'm doing it if that makes sense so the way that i'm doing it is probably a little bit there's other ways to do it for different that's to do in, in any way of growing there's going to be different applications for how you use your light but in the common consensus would be now you want to be giving the plant as much light as it needs not too much but not too little um now you're in flower because it's using a lot of energy 
it's now going through the transition we spoke about and um, it needs to be loaded up with your feed and it needs to be loaded up with the light. Yeah, that one, not enough light. So I was going to say usually about uh, between week one, uh, yeah, for week one, I'll usually have it a higher pa- high-ish power, but not full whack. And then between two and three is when I usually kind of crank it up to full for yeah. when I'm getting the when stretch is coming to an end. So I really know what space I'm working with. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'll say by the end of stretch, I'm at full crank, but I don't necessarily do it day one. Yeah. Just the thing, it's amazing how everyone's a bit different, but we're all achieving the same thing. Not achieving it in the same way, but you know, we're trying to get to the same end goal. But it all works. And that's what's quite mad about it all. But um so as for dedicated flower lighting, we cover dedicated veg lighting. You've got your your far end HPS. I've never used that. I've always liked to have blue in there, a bit of blue with the dual spec, which is what I think most people would use. Again, CFL hasn't got a place for me here. T5s are not going to be used here. Maybe supplemental. I'm hearing more and more of people liking to add a bit of blue in towards the end of flower. I don't know if you could use T5 for that. It might be quite a nice unit to do it with if you're just looking for a bit of supplemental blue lighting. But I'm not saying that's something I've seen. I'm saying... But once we're into flower and we've drifted through that early veg stage, we do want to be now giving more red spectrum and um, light. Or if you read LED, you've probably been using the same light the whole way through because they were all nice balanced. Like the difference between the older style lighting is, is a lot of them were dedicated for certain stages of growth, I think. Whereas a lot of the modern LEDs are a full spectrum, all round bit of kit. Which is nice, really. They're just the price, as I said, for larger areas. is It's a, the, the factor that means a lot of people are not using them still. But they're definitely getting there. There's more LEDs out there than I've ever seen before. Everyone seems to be... People are a lot less worried about spending a lot of money as well than they used to be, which shows me how to a change into the paranoia side of the old bill coming in and nicking it all. Um, That's nice to hear. Well, I think it... I mean, you think... You, I mean... I know the forum gives away a lot of lights, but we ain't giving away 530s and everyone's fucking using them or big lights. You know what I'm saying? On on the forum, LED, a lot of people are using big LEDs now. You're talking three, four, five, six hundred pound plus light. You didn't see that before. And they've always been there. Uh, to be fair, they're now becoming a bit more affordable as well, LED. I mean, you look at the fluences that I used to like, the equivalent to what is now the Gavitar or Invisible Sun have got uh, the strip lights coming out. That was two and a half to three thousand pounds, whereas now you can get them for probably I don't know six hundred to a thousand. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's probably a number of reasons why people are using them. But the point is, is as far as lighting types go, to list them off as full HPS, dual spec, which is what I would choose out of the HIDs. Ceramic metal halide is a full spectrum light, um, I believe. I haven't used one. So I'm throwing that one at you. Uh, I'll say that that's the claim. Um, I think they can be used full cycle, but I think they have better applications in veg and at the end of flower. Okay, that makes sense. So as far as HID goes, we're really looking at the HPSs, aren't we? Uh, yeah, I think for the most part, like, again, a lot of people will uh, boast about 
the value of CMH, but I think it really comes into its own when it's used alongside um, HPS. Yeah. So again, but mixed spectrum produces some pretty impressive results. So maybe using LED, HPS, CMH, HPS, CMH, LED. You know, it's real nice to get the mixed spectrums because all these lights do different things. That's something we've not really gone into. But now we're in flower, um, they really start to come in their own when they're doing these different things. You know, uh, lights that will produce more UV will, in brackets, under the common consensus, be uh, produce more productive resin uh, flowering plants than plants that don't, or um, the light intensities are different. The shades come into play. There's a lot, a lot of rabbit holes on this side of it, but used in conjunction, you can make the best of a few worlds, which is really nice. And some of the better, bigger, better growers that I've seen have definitely been in mixed spectrum style setups, um, making the most of two. You know, you've got everything's got its pros and cons, but if you're using, you know, something that outweighs the cons of an oven light and you get pros from it as well, then reality is you're doing pretty well. But again, I haven't really done that. I've done side by side. I haven't really mixed. Oh, I did actually. I did do a mixed one and the stuff under the LED was a lot better. I'll say that. Well, that your previous statement, I think, just gives value to everybody's own experience. So yeah. if you do experience something different in your own space, that is self-validating. Like you can argue the point because your your space has given you different effects. If that's yes. well, if that makes kind of sense, it does. Go on, sorry. No, I was just going to say that that's the hands-on evidence, and if it's repeatable, and you can prove kind of what factor determined it being cool or not, then crack on. That's hands-on science. Mm. Yeah, that's all. But the, the interesting part of that is, as we know, it doesn't mean it's going to work for you. So <laughs> yeah. it's, it's the problem, isn't it? This is the yeah. thing. It's very hard not to try and sound like, you know, we're saying things and doing things. But um, saying that you should be this way, we're not. We're saying from our experiences. But that's the point. It's just because it works for them. But yeah, as a general consensus in brackets, you know, what would people be looking at? Then full cycle LEDs or full spectrum LEDs for flower and... You know, you had dual specs and full HPS lights, I think, are probably safest bets um, for a productive, happy plant. Yeah, man. Um, it's probably worth saying, because I mentioned it for uh, metal halide being semi-inefficient, that um, when people were doing the trial and error that we were kind of just talking about, before there was science, give you a meter reading of what the light does. Yeah. Um, Having a more red spectrum was super efficient for the amount of energy put in to light put out. Yeah. So you'd get better plants. You'd have better plants for the amount of energy being put in. Yeah. So there is a lot of value to that information. Oh, like, definitely. It, it's more efficient, and it was more efficient at the right time. The spectrum, again, um, a lot of... That's kind of open for debate, but uh, it was definitely a super efficient spectrum for what they had available for like options. Yeah, and it done it done the job as, as you've often said. That's like the gold standard, as in what people compare to. That's in two terms, man. Gold standard is in the light. It the light it puts out is gold. Yeah, like and yeah, yeah. It is the top standard. Like it is the thing to beat. Yeah. So I love that term because it it's double entendre. 
Yeah. But that's what I look for in a in a flower light, to be honest. A gold colour. I'm not looking for reds. I'm not looking for white. I'm looking for the gold. It's the deeper red, isn't it? Obviously, the natural daylight, but the deeper the deeper the red into the goldy colour. I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. You know when you... I'm happier like that, but then I don't want it too red. I mean, I, I used a HPS bulb for about a week, and I was not using it again. Full HPS, that is, sorry. Well, Straight even the, the colour in your screen picture at the minute, that, yeah. it, for me, is kind of... It's gold, but it's verging on visibly red. You know what that is? There's prakasars down the middle of them lights. Look at the floor. Ah, uh, okay. Maybe that's what's fallen yeah. my eyes. That's what I'm saying about mixed spectral growth. That's that was I mean, very impressive, and that strain I've never seen anyone hit them numbers with. Well, so, if you look at my picture at the moment, it's real white. Yeah, I think that might be a little bit too white for what we're discussing. For flower, maybe but it's if we're talking about a devoted flower that. Yeah, Those yeah. BRs are incredible single units um, from seed to finish. But if we're specifically talking about a, a flowering unit, they're real white for the discussion we're having. They are. But this is where you have to go from like the gold standard of what we all knew and what we know into the, the future and, and, and the now of lighting. We, we do know from using white LEDs that they are up to the job now, you know, and... But they're not, that's what I'm saying. It's an alien world, isn't it? It's an alien world to growers that have especially been foreign meds that have seen these big monster plants with this golden glow um, surrounding them. But yeah. I, I think that was maybe the, the part two we were going to discuss the the use of spectrum for uh, and color for training. Yeah, yeah, that was, yeah. Oh, no, it was quality in Europe, but yeah, part two, yeah. So, yeah. That's what Sorry. I'm saying. No, 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 it's just, there's so many rabbit holes, man. But no, it's difficult because it's, it's, it can be a real closed-end discussion. It can be an open-end discussion. Um, yeah, I kind of like the beauty of how we do this because, don't get me wrong, there are A to Bs that are going to get you start to finish. Yeah. But if you're looking to explore, um, it's really worth knowing the ranges before you start trying to push out of them. Yeah, and the, the safest way to get a good, comfortable rule of thumb range that will be measured against and has been measured against is a cheap, for me, HID setup. As a new grower. Yeah, man. That A to B, that's going to be your cheapest harvest. Yeah, and probably, to be fair, it's not difficult about it. Someone will go and spend £70, and that's all you need to spend. I don't give a shit what people say about HPS and the other ballast at 100. No, you don't need it. If, it's, if it powers up a 600-watt bulb, that's what you need. £70 will set you up. The problem is people will then go and spend it on a £600 LED to replace it. And if you are looking at numbers, and we all do it, I mean, if, you, if you've if you got a grow light and you've hit 20 ounces repeatedly with a strain, you go and get another grow light and you hit 20 ounces repeatedly with a strain, but the grow lights cost you six, seven, eight, nine, ten times as much. You know, it shouldn't be the determining factor, but people do. It's going to be in your head because you're used to hitting... 20 ounces in a certain space with that certain like that certain wattage that's why i also said that that will be your cheapest harvest talking about um yeah. initial setup cost oh yeah 100 so yes led in the long run is going to save you a lot on running costs but um for initial setup costs and a single grow 
that HPS is going to get you started and harvested, and then you've actually saved so much money on buying weed that it's worth investing in better kit. Yeah. And the, the, it comes to winter time, and you can pop it back out as well and yeah, start heating your place. Dual spectrum. But this, this is the thing. It used to be that case when we were talking about like the Chinese boards that we all see because they weren't that they were much lower wattages claiming to be much higher wattages and to the grower that's just started who doesn't know any other growers they think they've got a 900 watt 1200 watt like they haven't it's about 300 watt mm-hmm. what I'm getting at there is the actual outlay what for what um, oh, I was going with this now it is the outlay is very different, but what I'm saying is, is the running cost of an LED. The reality is, you want to be at 480 watt in a 1.2, 1.2 space, which we covered in how much light. But you want to be at 600 HPS, so 120 watts a lot over a long period of time. It is, but it's not like it used to be, as in that that argument of it. That's it's not like it used to be. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, it's been worked out. You, it's about two years running before you see. The, the cost actually offset the outlay yeah. for, for running. Um, obviously, depends on unit, how, how you run them, what hours you run them, um, what sale you got, you got your unit in. But yeah, about, about two years and you should start seeing savings on the outlay, yeah. if that makes sense. Um, so that does kind of give HPS, for me at least, a, a place as a foot in the door because oh, yeah. even more than that as a as a full-term light some people yeah. could, just, could just prefer the thing i mean i was just going to say if, for anyone starting a hobby it's yeah. very easy to get carried away with the what the pros use what the best is and what's the most efficient and at the end of the day most hobbyists who who begin aren't actually able to either get the most out of these things or actually have a noticeable difference from using them yeah so it's probably better off going for a mid-range kit that if you don't enjoy the hobby isn't a massive hit because <laughs> it's a hobby at the end of the day and if you don't like it you're not going to be doing it forever well no, they're not that bad because then they put their stuff on ebay for much of a lot cheaper than what you're shipping off to one grow so they're right for us but <laughs> You're right, 100% right. It's, it's, it's go with the smallest outlay with the proven LEDs are proven, but the many years have been proven that they do the job very well. Go with cheaper outlay, move yourself up as you go. We've all done that. Like I said, I've got CFL somewhere. I keep it so I can just take it out and swear it every now and then. But I've still got them from when yeah. I first started. And uh, no, you've got your old Chinese balls, didn't you? And things like that. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. As eyebrows and that, but they they do a job. They're good lights, but you progress is where I'm going with it. Yeah, that's what everyone should do. That's it. It's a hobby, and it needs that natural progression. And that's where I'm seeing the value in more traditional lighting, as I'm going to kind of call it. Yeah. Because if it's a hobby you don't enjoy, then that's not a massive burden at the end of the day yeah if you go and spend two grand on the baller setup and then you struggle and don't enjoy it don't actually have the time and didn't or there's niches that you didn't know about until you ran into them which mm-hmm. happens with every hobby you don't know how to search the term until you run into it yeah. <laughs> like, um it yeah it's a it's a much more affordable option for anyone looking to start out and it will do the business. 
yeah, hell yeah. And like we've covered slightly earlier, it would the amount you're saving on uh, like buying the stuff you can already reinvest in your hobby. And hobby, don't get me wrong, hobbies are kind of meant to be a a, a sink of money and time if they were anything but growing. Like, mm. but you actually save yourself a lot of money in this hobby, so you can reinvest stuff that you're, you've saved. So it's not one of these hobbies I've had to... So uh, I've got a friend who's really into expensive guitars, mm. but he can't afford expensive guitars, so he will trade up his expensive guitars. Yeah. Like, um, you're never saving money in that world where you're, you're making it to invest in the next. Yeah. Is where I was getting at. So you save it's a lot like, of money by growing your own. So. Yeah. If, if, even if it was an ounce a month, that's say 200 quid at today's rate or something, that's, that's most of a setup for a yeah. starter starting out. It so it's, a, yeah. Just easy to reinvest that money in a hobby if you're looking at upgrade. I think you'll find that the people that buy the kit to grow the plant for them are the five-minute growers that lose interest pretty quick as well. You said if you go and buy a big baller setup, you go and buy a setup that's going to do everything. You know, it's going to be the, the daddy. Going to the problem with that is that it's not. You think you're looking for tools to do the job for you before you've even started. Whereas really, you know, starting at the bottom of the tree, you have to learn your craft instead of looking at you know this light says it's going to do this. All these big breeders are using them. All these big growers on Instagram are using them. They must be the dog bollocks. Doesn't mean they're not the dog bollocks. I'm not saying they're not. I'm saying, but if you're automatically trying to jump in at that end of the scale, you're not really doing the graph to learn the differences and how to deal with different situations along the way. 100%. I can only kind of compare it to, uh, I used to fly drones as a bit of a hobby. Mm. And you can pick up a kid's six-axis controller pretty happily and most people will kind of pick it up in the first battery and have an itch for how to do it but if you try to pick up a racing drone that mm. can go 0 to 70 in like a second and doesn't have auto stabilization and has fucking a collimative uh, yeah, pitch I can't say that fucking word but basically you can drive that shit into the ground super fast <laughs> like yeah. it's not uh, it, it needs the progression in the hobby to be able to use that kind of tool. Exactly, yeah. And not just that, to be able to enjoy that kind of tool. I, I, it's, it's like drones, but fishing, call them exactly the same, I call them five-minute carpers, because they will go and buy the the £1,000 bivy and the £1,000 rods, and they expect it to catch fish for them. And it's the same as this. You, you, it doesn't matter what light you've got, that is one part of the jigsaw puzzle, one part of it. So you can think, well, I'm going to do well, I'm going to get 10 ounces of plump because I've got a £600 grow light. No, the reality is what Jimo just said is, is if you're not prepared for that racing version of the grow lights, but you know, the, the top end, it's probably going to do more damage to your plants as well as a new grower. So, 100%. yeah, I like that. I like that analogy. But it's, it's all good. We just have to do a part two of this because there's so many places we can go on this and we're not, we're going to revisit. I think we should do a revisited series where we revisit and go into detail on some of the stuff we've done anyway, because a lot of them we are, it's time to start at the, the low end and build into these, but there's so many places. We could do supplemental writing, you know, like that could come into this one, but that's and if there's any comments or stuff below, feel free yeah. to dro uh, drop them in below as well for the revisited 
because I'm I'm sure there's going to be a lot of input on some of this stuff that happens in other people's spaces, which yeah. is the beauty of this. Like mm. we don't know about it until we experience it. Exactly, and this is just our opinions on it. We sit down and discuss them to try and learn from each other. I think, and we do. But it's that that that's it. Yeah. So I think it, we're definitely going to have to revisit a lot of these and or dissect them into three or four much more intensive um information or you know in-depth discussions because i'm just looking at the other ones i've got me in front of me a few of them when to feed water cannabis that could have been dissected up 10 different ways but well yeah. as we're looking at finishing should we cover finishing bulbs super quickly yeah 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 so obviously do you use through. a finishing bulb i was so close man i was so close to getting the sun master uh finishing the uh 10k is it 10k that was it i was about to call it uv 10 or something <laughs> invisible sun's lights in my head but um <laughs> yeah 10k and i was so close but it would have worked out 100 pounds to cover my area and i thought not that i'm saying i've got experience in my area and i do okay in my area is that 100 pound really going to make that much difference at the time it, in my head it just didn't seem worth it and i wish i had because now i'll end up using uv led because that's just going to be a a lot a nicer way i think of doing it but i haven't actually used a finishing bulb I, i've been threatening to put mh in for the last two weeks because i've been hearing a lot about that um increasing resin and you know packing on a bit of weight but i haven't i'm quite lazy these days man if it's working i don't really like to try and fix it but it doesn't mean i can't do it better so yeah i haven't used anything really other than i, I might if i haven't banged the light onto 600 660 on the super lumens i might do that for the last two weeks but i've normally done that week five anyway um so no i finish as i've been going for most of flower to be honest what about yourself you tried anything no in all honesty um i'm really going to be playing with i think we've talked about it on the last one but dropping intense well not dropping intensity, but trying to savor what I've already produced yeah. in the later stages. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to be kind of trying to reduce the impact once I've formed my mass so that yeah, I can yeah. just kind of retain resin production. Well, th this is a good point. And I said to you saying the other day about having slight positive pressure in, one of the, in that tent. And I didn't realize... I thought I had a smell leak. So I'm going out and I can smell I can smell it in the mornings. This is after the 12-hour period, 10 p.m., 10 a.m. is a dark period for winter. It makes sense to have it on through the night. I could only smell it then. I couldn't smell it when I went out at 10 o'clock. It'd been lights off. And we've, we've said it on these, and I've said this is from Pete's analogy, but if you can smell it, it's being burnt off. And what you're saying there to me makes lots of sense um, about trying to preserve. Once you've got your bulk matter there, by week eight, you're going to swell a little bit, but I mean... The, the trichomes are there to be ripened off for me. Um, and we're using light for that purpose. What I don't want to be doing, and what you said there, is I don't want to be being detrimental to the trichomes that are there ripening off that I spent eight weeks growing, or eight weeks growing the bub mass to be able to do it. So I think you're really onto something with this, and I want to, to see how you do with it and what you think. It, well, it's kind of scary. I've never flushed so early. Mm. Um, I've got some runs at the minute that the one that didn't like PK isn't liking flush. Yeah. But um, they're only just crest, like just crest seven week mark. 
Yeah. And I'm already kind of flushing them kind of hard for how I would. Are you going so, at seven weeks? Well, some of you, are they certainly going to be done by nine or? Yeah, that, that was, was my say, yeah. aim. Because yeah. they're. Ten weeks, no. <laughs> Stop. But, no, yeah, yeah they've got some. They've got a few cloudy popping up here and there, but they've started to go into like the finishing foxtail. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, okay, it's, it's time to start reeling you in, basically. Yeah. I, I want you to ripen off now, not continue to try and make mass because the mass isn't what I'm after. Like, no, don't, yeah. don't get me wrong, the amnesia in the picture that I'm, I'm actually smoking at right now is really nice thinker strain, but. I hate having a pop calyx off of the foxtail into my grinder. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it kind of half seems pointless. I, I don't, yeah, I just, I'll, them little stems are fucking annoying me more than they should. Yeah. So I'm, I'm trying to reduce them. I'm a weed snob. Weed snob. I'm <laughs> really a theme with you. But... It's, like my, it's like my hands in the air kind of excuse for stuff. Weed yeah. snob, please excuse me. <laughs> I think that that ties in well to something that I was thinking earlier. We're only going on our own experiences and own opinions, but I would imagine that you'd probably play with a finishing bulb as I would, but I don't really think I need it, and I don't think you think you need it. It's where I'm going. doesn't mean it doesn't work. What I'm, what I'm saying is, is I think we could do a part two on supplemental lighting, which I'm sure different blues and reds and stuff, and you know, we, we've all got experience with that. But that's where I'm going with that. That, to me, yeah. is another one of them bits of kit, like an Ecotech fan controller or a auto dosing unit that's end of line kit that's once i've got everything else that i need then i would start thinking all right now for a hundred pound and see i don't need that um at the moment that's where i'm going with it so we're going to do uh the extras as a show i think so i think we've got to do revisiting or extras or saying yeah i think we've got to do it on most of them because yeah nobody finishes well i think of things like fuck you say that we're going to that and there's probably people sitting there thinking, you've missed this. Like, you know what we have missed here as well? Like before anyone says anything in there. We had to talk about auto fouls. But the same rules apply within reason. You know, it's just a different red stage. But we haven't even mentioned them. Autos and LEDs are a super complex beast. Yeah. Especially if you're running pure white. It's, yeah. That, that, we need a show just on autos, man, because I've been trying. Well, also, we're doing auto one because these don't have to be. These are not, these are not meant to be two hours long. They're meant to be half an hour, but we end up two hours, so we can start doing some half hour ones on auto lighting and shit. But that's what I'm saying. We can pick bits of this and we'll do that as as we move forward. So if it's going to be an ongoing thing. I, I like sitting down. And I, know, I know you do, and we'll probably be doing this for fucking the foreseeable, foreseeable. So it's good. It's good. Oh yeah, man, growing a vestigial chair at the minute. <laughs> 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 my vestigial tails just turn into this uh, <laughs> chair instead. No, I need to get a PC chair. My back's going bad. I'm on a kitchen chair. I'm sat here now for many, many hours a week talking into a microphone. So, yeah, the arse has fallen out of this chair. So I've actually got a cushion now to like make it right again. Make it comfy. <laughs> it's good so, times. Well, we'll think we'll sum that up then as our part one or our. Should we say introduction to lights at different stages? Yeah, introduction to lights at different stages. And then we'll obviously continue the series. We have to start creating different playlists for it, I think. But yeah, so it's been a good chat today, mate. Yeah, man. Uh, I, uh, as always, I feel like I learn a lot through these processes. Mm. It is and... just hearing people's different opinion, man. 
That's what I'm also really looking forward to because I do scroll through the comments sometimes. So if anyone does have any two cents they want to throw in at us, I'm always looking for the angle I haven't looked for. So yeah, always share the information below. Hit us up on the forum or Instagram or anywhere that people have access to me. I try and I'm try and make myself available. So we never do this, but I think we should. Do what is what's your Instagram? Because obviously. People want to find you and they don't know. Everyone here probably does know that's listening to this, but I'd imagine we're going to get hits on some of these other people. So, yeah, well, if yeah, on on the forum, I'm GMO, I'm podcast admin, it says under my name, I'm the purple one. Um, or you can catch me on this channel most of the time, three nights a week at the minute. <laughs> and then Instagram is GMO Green 2018. Um, <laughs> you'll catch the funky little character, and that's me. <laughs> This is, yeah, the one sat there on your bloody cola. I'm the same, pretty much. Just differences growing for 20 account on uh, Instagram. But, for but yeah, I think we'll wrap. And happy days. <laughs>